Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, where amazing things happen. Our goal is to help build, repair, and restore healthy relationships. Intimacy. You know, and we, same thing, we start from here, from this, this little definition is close familiarity or friendship. If you're single, that's the, this is the friendship part. You can be intimate with someone oh, without yeah. being sexually active, yes. but it's that closeness that develops. You think about your besties or your best boys or your bros or your closest friends, that is where it really starts. Because even before we become married, we, we should be developing and working towards that friendship. That's where that closeness is going to develop long before we even get to any kind of sexual relationship. And I, I really believe that as um, believers, I believe that our intimacy begins with God because it, it talks about a close familiar or friendship that if we begin our intimacy with God, then what we're looking to do in a relationship is not to be fulfilled or made whole. It's that we're God is where we go for intimacy. And if that's our source of intimacy, everything else just becomes a place for us to give. Um, I really believe that if we develop that intimacy with God through prayer and, you know, we talk about real conversation and listening, we're reading the Bible and we're spending time in worship and we're doing all those things, then intimacy with our spouse, with ourselves and with our spouses becomes almost second nature. But I I remember us having a, a pastor come and talk to us. This was years ago when we were in Louisiana. He came and talked to us about um, adultery. He talked about cheating. He talked about how the biggest issue is that we have a God-sized space in our heart. And if we don't fill it with God, we're going to try to fill it with a person. And so if our sexual appetites are out of control, we need to really check what's our time with God like, what's our relationship with God like, because a person can't be the only source of our intimacy. So it's real conversation and listening, and it's being vulnerable with one another. And that's so important, the, the, the real conversation and the listening part of it, these are things that you can actually do right now. If you are talking with your spouse or you're significant another, your partner, and you say, you know what, maybe we need to work on intimacy a little bit. Here are four things that you can actually do right now that actually is a start of how do you actually build intimacy? How does it actually work? Well, it starts with the real conversation and listening, like Renee kind of talked about, because this is where you're going to be vulnerable. This is where you're going to open up and talk about your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, your fears, your fears and mm-hmm. things that have impacted your, your secret fantasies that have impacted mm-hmm. your life. Because that's where you're going to draw in and become more familiar and more close with it. And this one, the the forgive yourself. Um, This can be challenging because when intimacy is in lacking, we can have things that we are holding on to. And this is one that's a barrier that we held on to that impacted our life prior to the relationship that we may be in that can kind of cause things to be obstacles and barriers. And we're going to show you some of those things here in a minute. But you have to believe that God has designed for us to be intimate with each other. Mm-hmm. And it starts with you forgiving yourself first. Anything, it, this is so important because when you forgive yourself for things that have become obstacles and barriers. Or things that happened to you in your past. Because that, we're talking about sex and yes. Sometimes people have things in their past. You know, maybe you've been sexually abused. Maybe you have some physical ailment. You know, you have to forgive yourself and understand that there are things that happen to us that are beyond our control. 
But we have to realize that if we're saved and we're forgiven, then we have to forgive ourselves and we have to forgive others. That really allows intimacy to develop and cultivate. And then finally, the give trust and grace to each other again. Yeah. This is where we have maybe some unforgiveness that may be hindering us. This is where the vulnerability, after you've been vulnerable and you've been having these open conversations and listening to each other, this is where you actually exercise to trust and trust that the things that were told to you in confidence, that is where it's going to be built upon. Because if your spouse or your, your partner shares something with you about their, their life and their past, this is a test to trust you. Because if they are opening up to you, this is them saying, I'm trying to build on the intimacy with you. And so we have to be mindful of that that trust can't be violated. It can't be shared with your friends or outside of this covenant that you have with each other, because if that happens, it's going to build up a big, big barrier that sometimes can be very, very difficult to overcome. And one of the things that I'll give an example of what does it look like when you know you can't trust someone, if you have to start off a conversation by saying, don't tell anybody, then more than likely that person is someone you don't trust. Um, I, it, I had to learn that the hard way. If I have to start off by saying, don't tell anybody, I should know that when you and I are talking, that it's going to stay between you and I. Like anything that we talk about in this community, anything that you guys share, it's confidential. You guys don't have to tell, I don't have to, you don't have to ask me not to share it with anyone. We won't. Because the way that you build trust is by knowing that when someone comes to you in confidence and they just come to you, that's not for you to share. It's for you to keep it. If Gil tells me something that's between Gil and I. It's not for me to share with someone else and vice versa. And that's so important because that is practiced not only in your partner, spouse or relationship, but in all your relationships, because you want to be that person that can be trusted and actually place. give grace. This is one of the reasons why we have all the, the screens blacked out, because we want this to be a time of you just being able to receive and listen and just take in the things that we're telling you, because when we are sharing you with this information, this just comes from the things that we've seen and experienced that we know we want to start you out on a solid footing and a yes. solid foundation. What is intimacy? Now, intimacy can actually be cultivated on three areas. We talked about it at the very beginning where you go through some kind of curriculum or course or whatever when it comes to marriage and counseling and all those types of things where sex may be talked about. These are some of the practical areas that we are talking about when it how you can develop it. These are three areas that you can focus on in developing the intimacy with each other. And, and Renee mentioned it already as far as from a spiritual perspective. This is in we put it in this order because we believe this is should be the most important role that it should be, because not that it's yeah, not that it's the only way it can be. This is something that is so focused because it plays a big impact on how your intimacy is actually developed. Praying and reading and worshiping together. This is when we're talking about it from a spiritual perspective. And it really sets the tone because you may not think that it matters to your sex life, but, you know, honestly, sex and intimacy is a form of worship. Mm -hmm. It's a form of you bowing down and, and letting go and, and being transparent. And you do that with God. And so, you know, the importance of being spiritually vulnerable and being spiritually intimate, it really opens you up to being physically intimate. And I love that it says non-sexual touch, because I think sometimes we don't understand that 
you it's it's not women are different women are all day long it's um i need to be touched throughout the day and phone call and you know and so that non-physical sexual touch not just him to me but me to him as well i can i give an example yes i can i got a practical example we're early in our relationship in our marriage we have been together for let's just say a couple of years i can't give you exactly but it was early in our relationship and it was time where we went to bed that night and and I had an agenda. You know, guys, we, we can have agendas sometimes. We already have been thinking about it and meditating on it. I want to be with my wife. So I already had an idea of what, what my plan was. And we actually went to bed and and Renee gave herself over to me without restriction or, or anything like that. And, and I was none the wiser. And, and, and she said it was enjoyable and I was none the wiser. But afterwards is where the lesson came, guys. This is what the lesson that she shared with me when it came to the physical aspect of it, which she just kind of talked about. She said, making love starts at the very beginning of the day. It starts when you're just waking up before you even get to the bed. Because if you got to the bed and all you thought about was actually having sexual intercourse, then you missed the mark. I totally missed the mark. And she let me know that in a in a kind and trusting and graceful way. But I had to listen to it. And I was like, wow, you know, this is a, a teachable moment. You come across times in life where even in your marriage, you're going to have these teachable moments to where and it has stuck with me and resonated with me. Not that I have to premeditate and think about it in the right. past, but it's become habits because you have to develop new habits. And that's what this is kind of talking about. I know what she likes. She likes when I, I, I rub her shoulders or touch her or just hug her or, or all this next non-sexual touching, not because I want to have my needs met later on that night, but because I know it matters to her. And I know yeah. it's something that she enjoys. And that's where the servanthood actually comes in. When you start practicing the intimacy things that we're sharing with you, you're going to find it's going to be less about yourself and more about meeting the needs of your spouse. Yeah. And, you know, and even the, when you talk about the emotional, um, practicing being hot, being honest, open and transparent, you know, for me, Hugh has, like he always says that I got him in connection and I helped him to connect with his emotions. Well, Gil helped me to connect with my sexuality. He helped me to understand that sex was not something that you did, it's someplace that you went and that you went there together. Say, that, so, say, say that again. Sex... Not Say that to them one more time. Sex is not something that you do. It's someplace that you go together. And he really helped me to understand that it was because for, for men, at least for my husband, it's a stress reliever. And so I didn't see it as a stress reliever. I had to be stress free in order <laughs> to make love. And he wanted to make love to get rid of his stress. And so we talked and we learned. And so I realized, oh, this is a, something to you know, I don't have to, you know, we'll go more to the next slide, but it's understanding that sex, there is the, the practicing being hot and it's making sure that being hot is sharing what you need and what you like and what you don't like and what you don't understand and things that make you feel uncomfortable. And so that's the emotional part. of. Now, it. do you see how important communication is throughout this whole entire process? Because if you lack that intimacy and more than likely, you probably have difficulty in the communication side. Talk about obstacles. You know, these are some of the things that can we call them. They can be killers to intimacy. 
You know, we all have things that we like to do and hobbies that we like to participate in. It could be sports. You know, I enjoy watching sports on television and used to play in the younger days. And some people who are video gamers, they like video games and things like that. Cell phones, these are activities. These are things that can kill your intimacy. I love watching movies. And if I sit down on the couch and we are watching a movie and my wife is sitting with me, is that building intimacy? If I'm not on my phone. And see, and just like that, these are things that are barriers to your intimacy. These are things that's like we put here on the slide, doing and watching instead of being and sharing. And being present, you know, it's it's the difference between you being there and you being present. And mm-hmm. even when you're making love, even when you're in, in an intimate moment, you have to learn how to turn everything off and put everything to the side so that you can cultivate intimacy and that you can go from sex to making love because it is something that is um, it has it, it benefits you more than just. For your physical, it's it's good for you emotionally, it's good for you spiritually, and it's good for you psychologically. So these are some of the obstacles. And some, and I, I kind of updated the slide. We didn't put the right slide up, but I had down shopping. That can be because share because it's shopping. You know, you know, you Gilroy things. You can tell they're men shopping sports, but for women, social media, yeah, yeah social media shopping. It could be talking to your girlfriends too much or talking to anybody too much. Those can be obstacles. To, and, and another thing that can be an obstacle, and I, it's not on here, but I put it on the list, was sometimes your children can be an obstacle to intimacy because kids have no understanding of it's mommy and daddy time. And one of the things that we did when the kids were little was we made sure we put them in bed at a certain time. And that's our, that was our time to start being romantic so that we could be intimate, so that we could make love. And so if you don't ever make that a priority, then it's going to definitely like a muscle. It's going to deplete instead of growing and getting bigger. And and what it's really all about is building habits, building new, healthy habits. The things that you may do, not that any of the things that are on this list that you see here before you or what Renee mentioned are bad things, but they have to be done in in a manner that is not taking away from building the intimacy with your spouse that can erode your relationship over time. The last bullet on there is talking about separate activities. This is something that we've seen in the past where it's okay to have things that you enjoy doing separately. You should, you know, right. whether it's sports or all the other things here. Or listed, a hobby or whatever. All that is fine. All that is great. But when it has become a habit where you literally go your separate ways and it becomes your the way you live your life, that is an indicator that you have a serious shortage of intimacy in your relationships. And these are just some of the things we wanted to share with you during this time for obstacles. Right. And and it's important that we understand that it's nothing wrong with you spending time separate and apart. But if the only time you guys, if that's the only thing you do is spend time separate and apart, how can oneness occur? How can intimacy occur? How can, um, romance occur if you're never together. There, I think a big part of what we don't understand, we talk about working in and on your relationships. There's just some things you physically have to do. It, mm-hmm. no, no, if you're married for a long time, it's not like because you've been married a long time, in, intimacy grows. It's not like because you've been married a long time, communication gets better. All of those things you have to consciously, intentionally 
work on developing and cultivating. And, and cultivating, remember that word, these are things that you have to build upon. So now, as we come into the close of this session, we are helping. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com or our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them.